Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben and here with me is Dave. Howdy. From all the way from Canada, coming at you, hot. Uh, he is hot too. And Brandon. Hey, what's up, man? Not much, dudes. Uh, we're just hanging out, doing a podcast. Been a while since we've seen you, Dave. A few weeks. You yes. doing all right, man? You've had, you had Thanksgiving, which we've been arguing about why you don't just have it on the same day as us. Yeah, and I, I think I raised a pretty good point that the way that you have your Thanksgiving set up, you have to see a bunch of family that you may or may not want to see within a three-week span. If you look at American Thanksgiving which is what we call it here, American Thanksgiving and Christmas. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, the October date, the second Monday in October might just be a little bit more virtuous for some of you Americans if you think about it. But Well, if you think about it, there, there's two ways to approach this. One, um, maybe you don't want to see those relatives like you alluded to, so it's better to just get it all over quicker. You don't have to, like, dread it for another month or two after. And then two, uh, I didn't... I didn't make a decision for it to be on that day, but since it's a, since America did, it's the right way. So yeah, I don't know if you've considered that <laughs> as a possibility. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. He concedes. Um, uh, checkmate. Uh, All right. Well, this is the HP podcast. We usually talk about video games most of the time. And we also talk about our patrons, our patrons over at handsomephantom.com. No, patreon.com slash handsome phantom. All you lovely folks. Uh, over there at the $1 level and higher, get ad-free early access to the show. At the $3 level, you get access to HP After Dark, which, by the way, Dustin, Brandon, and I just recorded an episode of HP After Dark, and it'll be out soon-ish for, um, for patrons, for the patrons at that level, and then for everybody else a month later. That's right. It's a full month later, so get on that if you want. And other than that, I think we have some some write-in questions from the Discord, which you can also get access to. You can get access to it for free. Let's just be real here. Handsomefandom.com slash Discord. But if you want to get access to it through Patreon, you can also do that at the $1 level and higher. And you get a special little badge. Uh, we have a few write-ins tonight. Ed Walton says, can you give Dustin a raise if he's delivering drinks? The answer is no, because he's only ever done that once, and he called called us a bitch when he did it. <laughs> so True, the customer service was poor. It was. Uh, if he, in fact, had a Yelp page, I would be reviewing it. Uh, one star. Yeah, yeah. And he also asked, I don't know if anyone would have any opinions on the recent Bond film. Maybe too spoilery. Uh, did you guys, any of the, are you guys Bond fans at all? I am a big Bond fan, yes. Okay. Um, but I haven't really dipped my feet in with the Daniel Craig series, which oh, I know is kind of you're missing out, man. Kind of a kind of a big deal in the Bond world. Yeah. Um, these these newest couple of movies have made quite a splash. Right. Uh, and so at some point I need to partake. But I'm definitely a fan of the series, but I've okay. not seen the new ones. Dave, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I watch them. I enjoy them. Um, I love Casino Royale and I'm hearing there's, there's some really good reaction to this new one. So I will be indulging at some point, but I have not seen it yet. I saw it on Friday. Uh, my wife and I went with my pastor and his wife cause they're big bond or he's a big bond fan. Uh, we've gotten together and watched bond movies in the past. So anyway, we went, we saw it. It was great. I really can't talk about it more without giving away like everything other than the fact that it was just, it was really good. It might be my favorite Daniel Craig oh. Bond movie. Um, After a couple in the series, that's uh, that's a pretty big feat. The last one coming in so strong. Yeah, and maybe Casino Royale is a better one. 
at least at least it's on par with Casino Royale, if not better. Okay. I don't know. It's too recent for me to say for sure, but I really liked it, and I, I love Bond. Uh, Edwin Castillo says, what was your most recent... He didn't actually say this. He just typed an incomplete sentence and expected me to know what it was, but what was your most recent gaming surprise? Could be an announcement or something in a game or liking a game you didn't expect. Go wild with it. Dave, we'll go to you first. What was your most recent gaming surprise? Um, I don't want to spoil something for later in the show, but just the amount of success that uh, Metroid Dread has had early on. Um, yeah. That might not be a surprise to some people, but I just kind of think is like a 2D side-scrolling Metroid experience that um, might be a little meh for some people because, you know, we, we've had so much 3D Metroid over the past couple decades. Um, right. So how well it's done has been great to see, but also somewhat of a surprise to me. Yeah. Brandon, you? Uh, I'd say my biggest, uh, what was the question? The biggest surprise in gaming Yeah, your for biggest you recent gaming surprise. I think the fact that I didn't instantly adhere with Sekiro was very strange to me. Coming off the heels of Dark Souls 3, I foreshadowed that I would be a massive fan. Yeah, um, you I, foreshadowed it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just like cooked it up in my head. And uh, it, it came out underdone for me hmm. um, in, in fucking roll. Did you finish it? No, and I... I tried to start that game up a couple times. Yeah. A couple times. Do you and have it for PS4? Yeah. Do you want to borrow? I do. 100%. I've played it on PC, but not on PS4. Yeah, check PS4. it out. Um, but no, th- I, I think that was my biggest surprise because I had such hopes. It literally has everything I want. And I just can't. It's not that I can't play it and I can't beat it. I can't kill the bosses. It just doesn't. It's not fun for me. I don't right. know why. I don't know why. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. That's a surprise for sure. My recent. I'll go with something very recent is New World. I was not expecting to really like New World. I've really enjoyed MMOs in the past, but I always fall off of them pretty quickly. And who knows, that may be the same thing with this one. But for whatever reason, New World has like got its hooks in me and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's still not like my primary game. I'm playing it along with Sea of Thieves still uh, because Sea of Thieves is my game. But I'm really, and that's another one that I wasn't expecting to enjoy and I played it for a friend. But this one, uh, my buddy Locke really wanted me to play it. And so he bought it for me because <laughs> I wasn't going to buy it myself. Uh, all I said was, I'm not going to play it right now. And he was just like, here, you have it. You have to play with me. So I've been enjoying it. The funny thing is, I don't even like doing the quests. I mean, I like doing the quests. But like, what I enjoy the most is just going out and chopping down trees. And yeah, just, just farming materials. The mundane. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saving them up for. I'm just like, I'm just out here. Ben, I just book. think you like... You like the methodical, mundane part of it. I was just going to say the same thing. I think the lawnmower simulator. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. Yeah. But some of my favorite games aren't methodical, mundane. Not to say that that's the only tool in your tool house. That's true. But it's certainly a tool. Sometimes, like when I'm playing New World lately, what I've been doing is just like turning on a movie or like a Twitch stream or something and just like having it on in the background the most. And that's like actually my main focus and the game is like kind of secondary where I'm just because unless I'm like actually going out and, you know, doing missions and stuff. But if I'm just out there like farming materials and putting it on the marketplace and selling it for slightly lower than market value and making a bunch of money, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't have to really think about that. There stuff. you go. All right. Well, that's uh, we had another question. It was a troll question, though. Uh, who was that? The Straw Hat Ninja. Oh, maybe that wasn't um, a troll question. He said, how excited are you to play a throwback Mario Party? I do not intend on playing it unless it's. I actually don't think that was a troll question. I thought it was from somebody else, which made me think it was a troll question. Um, sorry, Straw Hat. Um, we love you. But I don't think I'm going to... I'm not going to buy it, at least. I might play it with somebody else. Uh, I love Mario Party, but I just don't have time for it right now. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I would much rather buy at this point. It's kind of busy for me right now. Yeah. And I think this is the kind of game that will easily be picked up at some point for right. 40 or 50 bucks. Are you sure? It's a. It's not only Nintendo, but it has well, Mario's name in it. Yeah, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is this is the kind of game that when the party's right, it's time. Right. But now it's not that time. I don't think. I just think the, the landscape, especially towards the end of the year, is a bit crowded. Dave, are you going Are you going to pick up the new Mario Party? No. No, no, not interested. All right. That's what I thought. Dave always bringing it down. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Speaking of Nintendo, Metroid Dread, as Dave alluded to, is the highest grossing Metroid game launch. And this is for the UK specifically. Usually the UK numbers are going to indicate what the rest of the world is going to look like too. But 
This comes from GameIndustry.biz, and I'm not going to read anything necessarily verbatim, uh, but they do point out that Metroid Dread is... Well, we know that Metroid Dread has like only ever sold, what, three and a half million copies or something? Like something absurdly small throughout the whole franchise, for that matter. And this uh, Metroid Dread is the fifth biggest Nintendo Switch launch of the year. Of course, you've got Super Mario 3D World came out. That was big. You've got Skyward Sword HD. I don't know why that was big, but it was. Uh, Pokemon Snap. It's got Pokemon in it, so it's going to be big. And then Monster Hunter Rise, which, of course, we saw uh, come out and be huge. But... Metroid just came out and it is just tearing the charts apart and it's the highest one for the uh for the Metroid series ever. Dave, have you played Metroid Dread? I know you haven't played Metroid Dread, but do you want to play Metroid Dread? Are you a Metroid fan? Yeah, I I I definitely want to play this and we were actually just talking before we went on there. I'm trying to kind of clear out my schedule before, you know, like Forza and some of the other big games come out. Um, but I'm very, very tempted to pick this up and I'm probably going to cave pretty soon. So, yeah. um, you know, I think we've seen a lot of 3D, 3D Metroid over the past couple decades and they've, they've been good games. I really enjoyed the ones on the, on, on the GameCube. I didn't play any of the D- DS stuff, but, um, I think this game has its roots in 2D and we've seen that it probably performs and, and really works best in that sort of setting. So, um, yeah, the reception's been amazing, and as we've seen from this article, the the sales numbers are there to back up that reception. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to cave on this one and get it pretty soon. And just a, a quick note, uh, I may have misspoke earlier. Um, Metroid Dread is the highest grossing Metroid game launch in the UK to date. But according to this article from GameIndustry.biz, uh, Metroid Dread which is the one that just came out, was a 1,000 units away from overtaking Metroid Prime. So as far as units, it may have sold slightly less, but as far as the amount of dollars it made in the UK uh, at launch, it was higher. Hmm. Brandon, you're not really playing your Switch much at all right now. No. And I don't think you're a Metroid fan. No, I'm not a Metroid fan in the least. Um, The majority of my experience with Samus has been in Smash. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm... I bet you make her look, you make it all dirty and you put that that suit on her that <laughs> zero suit shows all her curves. Yeah. yeah. Now, if that was in the game, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, but no, I I'm very pleased for the fans of the series. Um, I think this is something that a lot of people have wanted for a long time. In no way at all does it entice me though. Right. Like zero. Right. Um, so unless I saw someone play it and it really hooked me in some way, I. I just don't see it happening. Right. So good for everyone that's excited and glad for Nintendo. Right. Um, because they're just going to make money hand over fist no matter what at this point, it seems like. So good for them. I really like Metroid and I've uh, I've enjoyed the games. I don't think I've played all the Metroid games out there. Uh, but I, anytime I play one, I enjoy it, whether it's uh, whatever style it is. But 2D side scrollers, not really side scroller, but... 2D games in general. I like platforming. Uh, platforming. I love platforming games. Um, they're some of my favorite genres. Uh, I have to be in the right mood to play them, and I'm not in the mood to play it right now, but I might just borrow Dustin's when he's done with it yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and rush through it, and maybe you can do the same. I don't know. but um, So I don't know if it's going to be a buy for me for now. I am looking forward to um, another mainline Metroid game coming out um, in the future, but we yeah. haven't heard much about that dustin uh dustin picked up an oled did either of you guys actually see i don't know if he got metroid with it but have you seen it on his I, oled and do you guys see much of a difference i played it for about five minutes right before uh you hopped on um while he was setting up the call and it looks really good i didn't play it you know like on the old switch and then on the oled and compare them side by side but it looks very good on the oled uh, the game may look very good in general, but the OLED screen is definitely nice. Yeah. I still don't think it's enough for me to want to get one, especially since I play my Switch so little. Yeah. But it's very nice. No, I, sure. want, I want to actually say something about that real quick, because after seeing the reception of the OLEDs on the Internet, after seeing screenshots, after seeing Dustin's OLED, I haven't had much experience with it. And I want to say I did shit all over Nintendo. Mm hmm months ago for making this decision. And I don't retract it at all. Right. I still think it is a far superior mid-generation update. But I will say, if you're really hot on the Switch 
if you want the nicer screen, do it because it is much nicer. Yeah. I'm not going to take that away from it. The colors are much prettier. Um, I saw a couple photos of Xenoblade going around that had some beautiful skies in the background side by side, the exact same shot. And it did look much better. Yeah. I can't take that away from it, but um, this is what I would like to have seen in the launch model. So I'm not really going to praise them too much right. for um, doing something that they should have done years ago. Yeah. Uh, kind of like uh, <laughs> Bluetooth. Um, right. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, Dave, have you, are, does the OLED switch tempt you at all? No, no, not no. at all. I have, I have a switch that's, I, I'm with Brandon. It's, or I think I'm with Brandon. It's such like a, a minute enhancement for me, um, that doesn't make me want to buy that console again, which is really how I'm looking at it. It's like, I, I don't need to buy the console again cause I have it in. Yeah. So, right. No. Dude, if you could just buy the OLED screen, like literally just the middle part. I feel like that would kind of be smart for me to do that. Yeah. And I, I shit on the, the light when it first came out. Um, but it would serve more of a purpose for me than the OLED, just from like a pure utility standpoint of being able to, able to have a second one that, you know, just stays in my bag and I take it wherever I go. But this is just, um, I I'd like to see it, but, uh, from what I know, it's just, it's not enough for me. It's really funny to me that this is marketed the same way as the original Switch, where it still has a dock and everything, because they made such a big deal out of the light being able to be transported. And like in, with this one, the only real good enhancements, you know, screen size, the actual screen itself with the OLED, um, the uh, the kickstand, whatever, like they all should be like features that the light would have, because it's something that you only can play in your hand as opposed to being able to dock it, but. This one's still, I mean, it, it again, I don't care that they have it. That's great that they have it for people who, who want it. But for me, I don't, I don't really play my Switch enough to justify buying a brand new one for an OLED screen, even though it's, it's beautiful for sure. That's, that's not in doubt. Yes, but the methodology is to string you along with enough features and IPs for just enough that's right. to milk that 60 to new console price value out of you. Well, speaking of that, um, this is actually in that same story from GameIndustry.biz. Nintendo released its, this is verbatim, Nintendo released its OLED Switch and then the new model has an immediate impact, has had an immediate impact on Switch game sales, which are up 26% over the week before. So a lot of people buying this OLED Switch that didn't have one before, I'm imagining, uh, which of course, you know, you're going to have people doing the upgrade, but you're also going to have people who wanted the Switch and hadn't gotten one. And this was finally where they wanted to bite the bullet or who um, hadn't been able to find one and they were able to get a pre-order and they might as well go and buy some games. Uh, while they're at it of course the the games that are the highest uh 26 over the week before and, then, and that includes metro mario kart 8 deluxe minecraft animal crossing new horizons super mario 3d world bowser's fury legend of zelda breath of the wild luigi's mansion 3 all first party nintendo games that yeah. we see so far all the bangers except for minecraft of course yeah, yeah that's the one well, that's, that's, yeah. that's standing out of course minecraft is only up five percent because everyone already owns it so there's no reason to buy it again i own it on like every console that's ever been existing dude so, yeah. yeah i'll never forget a little aside one of my favorite stories is when i was a child i had my mother buy the alpha for me uh-huh the you, alpha what, minecraft what year were you were a child well when i was young okay let's say that not a child yeah i um, guess it has been on over a decade now, and so. she thought it was so weird that i had to pay in pounds she's like are you sure this is legit yeah do you really want to buy a game that's not finished and i'm like look at me now <laughs> you know like it's just it's funny how things have uh things have come yeah i just wanted to come back to this quickly because we talked about it a little bit extensively on a show previously and this isn't really this isn't you know, proving a point or anything it's just bringing it back up uh this is from kotaku <clears throat> uh epic finally admits among us inspired fortnite's imposters mode so they are saying that, yes, the thing that everybody knew already, which I don't even, it's not uncommon for games to be iterative of other games, but uh, that the uh, that Among Us did inspire Fortnite's imposter mode. Um, there's not a lot to say here, except for uh, this, uh, this is a quote. It says, still, this is progress from back in August when Epic Games revealed the mode without acknowledging its glaring similarities to Among Us at all. In the 2018 indie game that broke out last year amid the pandemic, you run around the ship completing tasks while randomly selected opponent we know how the game is played fortnite imposters is beat for beat almost the exact same thing and of course epic came out and said um i'm sorry inner sloth who made the game said we didn't patent the among us mechanics 
I don't think that leads to a healthy game industry. It is really hard to put out to put 10% more effort into putting your own spin. Is it really that hard to put 10% more effort into putting your own spin on it though? So again, you can decide whether or not Epic is a bad guy, which, you know, that's going to be debated for a long time, uh, even in my own head. Um, but they did come out and say that, yeah, we, we ripped off among us for Fortnite. Um, again, we talked about that before. Uh, we talked about the fact that, Hey, games, always rip stuff off of other games, especially popular ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody ever thought of making a, uh, what I'm trying to think of how to, how to say it. Um, uh, a roguelike game until rogue. Right. And once rogue came out, there's all these roguelikes out there. Well, dude, I mean, so like, it's not that it's like heinous that they would have done that. They did that, but well, they mean, see, they seem to deny it previously. It's just like karma, right? Like, That's true. Yeah. You get the BR out in Fortnite. Yeah, they were the first on the scene. Well, maybe not PUBG. the absolute first. PUBG, but well, they made it big. They made it big. They did it yeah. bigger. Yeah, and I, I would say that even though PUBG had a huge part in the BR scene, Fortnite is what uh, skyrocketed it yeah. to the moon. So I guess this is just coming back around right. to get them. So. Yeah, for sure. Dave, anything on uh, on on imposters mode? Have you played it? Have you been grinding the? Battle pass. <laughs> my, my, my curiosity about this whole thing is uh, number one, I, I'm not much of a Fortnite player, but um, how heinous of a ripoff was it? And number two, I remember hearing about it when it first came out, but then nothing more. So I right. wonder, was it, it's probably hard to quantify as a game mode within an already successful game, but was it successful? Did a lot of people play it? Um, That's what I wonder, Dave, the same exact thing. Because at the same time of this coming out about Fortnite adding this, Call of Duty tried to add something like this as well. And it was a mess. It was a fucking mess. And that just got swept right under the rug. So I wonder if this is actually even an important conversation to have if it's not really been popular. I mean, ass- assumedly, because it's in the in the headlines, it has some sort of leverage. Yeah, I would imagine so. It's, um, it's Fortnite, so it's going to have... It's going to have some, somebody's going to be playing it, right? It's a Fortnite game, but I would imagine that the regular Battle Royale mode still has the majority of players right. playing it. I wonder if anybody's playing Save the World these days. Remember that? Remember Save the World? Yeah, that's still a thing. Yeah, I think that's still a thing. Is it still in beta? Probably. I fucking hope not. Yeah. Moving on. This is pretty vague and there's not a lot to go off of here, but WB Games could be working on a competitive FPS. That stands for first-person shooter for you plebs out there. Uh, This comes from Game Rants, and basically the story says that there's a new job listing that points to the fact that Warner Brothers Games may be working on a live-service competitive first-person shooter. And, of course, there's details about it being an FPS in there. It also mentions that uh, they are looking for a position named Live Producer, and it is going to support the senior producer and executive producer on all projects that they are assigned. Specifically, they're looking for someone who is knowledgeable in games as a service strategies as well as game development as a whole. Guys, we know that WB has the rights to like a billion things. They've got Mortal Kombat. They've got Lord of the Rings. They've got uh, Batman and a lot of the DC properties. They've got Game of Thrones. They've got Harry Potter. Dave, what, what can you possibly see? Warner Brothers. They're probably not going to do a, a brand new IP. I, I would think they're not going to at least, but maybe. What would you like to see them if they're going to be working on a competitive first shooter of the properties that you know that they own? What do you see being a, a, a good one to go li- to go FPS on? Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to answer your question just because um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, I would rather see WB try something different. Um, you know, they're... They're a decent publisher, and and I'd like to see them kind of go outside um, some of these licenses they own. Now, of course, they probably won't do that, so it might be a silly thing to say because, I mean, you're not going to have all these licenses and, and put a bunch of money into a live-service first-person shooter, but I don't know how – I think I'd be less excited for a licensed live-service first-person shooter than I would be if something that was original and new and fresh um, – because, I mean, I think that's what the genre needs. But, um, yeah, I couldn't see any license that I know of off the top of my head working too well. Because, <laughs> I, right, I mean, I'm right. thinking of, like, you know, something similar to, like, a, a Rainbow Six Siege or something like that. And I don't know 
how that would work in the licenses they own. So um, I would hope it would be something, a new IP, but I'm obviously not hopeful. I don't know. Right. Yeah. New IPs don't typically uh, make the money that the, the, the uh, established IPs do, of course, which is why we see so many sequels and stuff like that. Uh, Brandon. I just don't know the WP's up for it. Yeah. I mean, they've showed before that they can heavily, heavily fumble games at launch on PC. And if you could so heinously do things like this in the past, I just don't think they're ready for the criticism that comes with the first person shooter and the constant balancing and the constant changing and the live service. I think that they would need to get their shit together. I mean, honestly, I just don't know that they can do it. They put out their games and they just let them fly. And uh, that doesn't really happen with first-person shooters. And if it does, then there's massive backlash right. and um, waves of people leaving. So I don't know. There's yeah. just a lot of interesting things that could come from that. I would love to see something cool come from Warner Brothers, but I'm not very confident that, not that they can't put out a good game, right. but that they could sustain a game. Um, just because they've shown in the past how they can kind of fumble here and there. Um and uh, shooters on PC are kind of like yeah, big news. So you guys both made perfect arguments, and I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm also going to not answer the question I asked because uh, the thing I want to point out is like if they, it, I want them, uh, and this is what both of you guys said to make a new IP if they're going to do this because I want a new game in a different series that we haven't seen, but also because if they're making an fps of any kind whether it's actually a shooter or it's just a first person game uh and a lot of times people just say a first person game is an fps because they don't know what they're talking about but think about all the ip they own why are they attractive one i mean some of them have really good gameplay obviously but two is that you can see your character pretty much every series i just named off you know they've got like batman or harry potter uh you don't want to be in the bat's body you don't right. want to be uh, with a wand in your hand. Otherwise, you're just playing Skyrim, but with right. a wand. <laughs> like you want to be able to see your characters. So it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to to iterate on one that they already have. If they were looking in the first person shooter genre specifically. Dude, Hagrid with the gun. I'd play it. Yeah, Hagrid with, with some, <laughs> some big blunder, some double akimbos I heard or some were, akimbos. I heard you were snitch and I was talking about the gold thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, snitch means something different in the Harry Potter world. Dude, Haggard put a cap in your ass for snitching. Dude, he'd stick his wolf on you. He is the grounds master. That's true. That's true. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape... You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, moving on. Back for Blood. Gentlemen, Back for Blood is out, I think, today, right? Is it back for Blood? Back. For, it is back and it is out for Blood. But That's out today? It's out today. That's Are right. Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you in one in any way how did that creep up man uh, i think because it's october already man yeah you ain't shouldn't yeah so i think uh I, I played the beta brandon you played the beta too right i did we yeah. played it together we played it together uh dave did you play the beta no no i did not are, are you interested in back for blood i am i absolutely okay. am all right so back for blood is out and pretty much they're saying with back for blood this is partially from my own knowledge and partially from game and in, game infinitus 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 dot com okay google it i don't know uh the basically you know back for blood they don't want you to play this game solo 
you're not supposed to play it solo. It's meant to be played with four players. And of course, that is a great way to play it, uh, having played the beta at least. But basically, if you play it solo, you're not going to get any progress in the game. And you also can't get achievements, whether you're on uh, Xbox or PlayStation or PC or whatever. You're not going to get the achievements that belong to that system. Uh, Yeah. And this article says, quote, there is a solo campaign mode in Back for Blood, but it has been found that it is essentially a cheat mode that disables progress and achievements. I don't I think they're just saying a cheat mode like uh, you can't get it. You can't get trophies and stuff if you use it. Once you or if you're doing solo, once you're in the game and hop and are hoping to get some time with a solo mode, you will need to be content with a decision that you won't make any progress in this mode and the achievements are disabled. Here's what the solo mode description reads in game. Solo campaign users uses solo decks created in the Fort deck help menu. Maps and objectives will be adjusted. Matchmaking and player invites are disabled. Earning supply points is disabled which, by the way, that's like a, a, a big thing that there's progress there. Stat tracking is disabled, and earning progress towards accomplishments is disabled. The game is primarily a multiplayer co-op experience, but the solo mode was promoted as a way to play the game offline. In any other mode, you'll be connected to the servers and get into matchmaking either with a friend or other online users, or I think there is an option to use bots. Like, I don't think you have to play with other online people. Or maybe the bots are only available if you're playing offline. I'm not sure. Maybe that was just something in the beta. Um, Dave, as someone, I mean, you like playing multiplayer games, but I think you play a lot of games on your own too. Uh, how does that make you feel about the prospects of playing Back for Blood? It's, not being able to progress and not being able to get achievements. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big sticking point for me because um, I I respect the fact that Back for Blood is meant to be a game that you play online with friends uh, or with random people. Um, but sometimes that isn't possible and I don't want to play with random people. So I'd like to be able to enjoy the game, um, on my own. So, um, I did, I first caught wind of this whole situation when, um, Turtle Rock themselves actually tweeted out about it. So, um, you know, I'm not quitting on the game because of this, but, um, you know, they have come out and said that they're looking at ways to address this, but I can't help but feel like, they want people to play online as much as possible because that's where the transactions happen. Um, right. So, yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this situation. It's free on Game Pass, so I have nothing to lose. But, right. um, you know, if I was struggling to find time to play with you guys or somebody else, then, you know, that would certainly feel like a waste of time if I wasn't getting any credit for what I was doing playing in solo. And the point to that that you just mentioned, there's a tweet from Turtle Rock actually came out a few days ago now and says, attention cleaners, that's what you're called in the game, your characters. Uh, We have heard your frustrations about progression in solo mode and are discussing ways to address the issue. Thank you for your patience and feedback at this time. We'll have more news as we strategize on potential ways to make it happen. Brandon, how do you feel about no solo mode and Back for Blood? That's just the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Honestly, (laughs) I mean, just truly, that is negligence if you could just like put out a game and you know turtle rocks just like you don't have friends you don't want to play with random people <laughs> you don't have friends screw you tough shit yeah not e- ben not even stat tracking yeah so let's say you didn't give a flying fuck about the achievements you didn't care not only can you not progress you won't even know what you've done there's literally no point and to be clear the stat or the uh the progression you know when you complete runs and stuff you get like points towards things and you could upgrade your character you can buy different decks yeah, you can deck. buy cards for your deck and and which in of itself is a weird concept for people who are familiar with left for dead but i think it's a cool concept if, they, if it's executed correctly obviously this is not correctly but yeah you can't even like get your character more perks and stuff that, that stick with you that's crazy yeah how could and how could you in right mind as a studio tweet that we're thinking of solutions listen hire me i'll take an hour to think about it and i'll get back to you i know exactly what you have to do just everything in that bullet enable it everything on that bullet print you read earlier just reverse all of those yeah and then you'll be good to go and you know not to say i know warner brothers did not make this game right but i do know they did publish it and it is a first person shooter so you know to even go off the heels of what we were just saying i don't know there's just a lot of there's a lot to unpack there. It just, who okayed this? If you don't want it to be played solo, don't make it possible. 
Don't make it possible. Make it a game that you have to play with other people. And maybe, and that's essentially what they've done is they've they've uh, for lack of a better word, they've crippled the the solo player experience in hopes that you won't play it solo. But the reality is that's just going to discourage people from playing it. Like I know plenty like Dave, how many hours of the division did you play solo? Most of them? Uh, a lot of them at yeah, least. probably around 50 to 70%. And if there was no option to play solo, I, I did. I played a lot of it, not that many, but a lot of it solo myself. Uh, I actually don't know if I played with anyone at all in Division. Uh, I played solo almost the entire time. Now, granted, there are other people in the world, but I wasn't in a group with any of them. So, like, again, it's just not a game I would have played if I had to get a big group of people together. Well, it also just does not lend itself to make sense for solo play not to work. I mean, right. it would make sense for solo play to work. A game like Among Us, let's go back to that for a second. Right. Why in the <laughs> fuck would there be a single player mode in right, that game? Right. Because the whole point of the game, that'd be different if we were working with a game like that, right. where it literally didn't make sense. Right. Like if you could only survive these zombie encounters with four people total and each person had an individual role, right? right. If, if that were the only thing, then fine, take out solo. It doesn't even make practical sense for your shit not to progress in a game like this as a solo player. Right. It It's just mind-blowing to me. And honestly, until this conundrum is solved, and the majority of my play would have been with people, assumedly. Right. Until this is resolved, I don't even feel comfortable making a decision on getting the game. Right. It just That's seems, right, because you would, wouldn't get it on Game Pass. You did it on PS5. It just seems erroneous. I mean, it, it it's ridiculous. Right. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Dave, I'm with you. It's on Game Pass. I'm going to play it on Game Pass, most likely. And uh, maybe we'll have to link up. I want to summarize Brandon's thoughts in, in two words, because I'm feeling a lot of emotion here. Just uh-huh. for shame. Yeah, dude. For shame. Back for shame is what it should be <laughs> called, dude. Back for shame. There's a lot of criticism about the game, and it's not just about this. So we'll see how it does. No. Uh, I'm hoping it does well because I'd want to see this studio who gave us so much in the past, you know, do well. But they're just making a lot of weird decisions and some weird gameplay stuff. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Very strange. Yeah. Uh, This is more of just a it was an interesting article, I thought. Uh, It's an interview with Jim Ryan. This comes again from GameIndustry.biz. And he made the statement that he would love to see a world where hundreds of millions of people enjoy our games. And he says, this is one of the main quotes, quote, I hope the PlayStation 5, and I really believe the PlayStation 5 will be Sony's biggest and best and most loved PlayStation yet. I hope that will happen when asked about his hopes for the future. And that comes after he says something along, around the lines of, uh, a PlayStation hit is a game on PS4 or PS5 that's around 10 to 20 million sales but he hopes that goes up and he wants gaming to become as ubiquitous as movies and music. Now his comments are interesting and there's a whole interview here that really gives you some insight into Jim Ryan. I know Jim Ryan is not most people's favorite executive at Sony. Uh, And by that, I mean like not the most favorite executive we've ever had in that role, but there's a couple of different things he hits on. One is that they're going to probably most likely almost definitely continue to play at home initiative where they gave out free games uh, last year, you know, in the midst of the of the, uh, the height of lockdowns and pandemic and everything. And so I wanted to know what game you guys would like to be seen, uh, would like to be free for play at home. Obviously, we're probably not going to see any like brand new, brand spanking new PS5 games come out on the play at home thing. But like, you know, we got the Uncharted collection. Um, I can't even Horizon. remember all of them. We got Horizon last year. That's right. Journey. We got Journey. There were quite a few of those games that we got with the play at home uh, thing. What is a game that you guys think is a practical thing for us to see on the play at home program maybe this year? Brandon, we'll start with you. Yeah, dude. Um, With heavy hitters last year, like Horizon, I think it's time. It's been long enough. They've offered to all PS5 PlayStation Plus users the ability to download God of War. Mm -hmm. Expand that. Right. Give it to everybody. Your new game's coming out. It is an absolute masterpiece. It is time. I would love to see God of War. And they've most likely milked all the sales on PlayStation from that game that they're going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I said, if you have PlayStation Plus and a PS5, you can download it right now. Right. For free. Right. So why not extend that to everybody? Um, And I think there's no better title 
um, that I would suggest even anywhere close. And Horizon makes me feel like the caliber of game is possible. If a game like Horizon, the caliber, the scope, the quality can be given right. for free, it's been long enough. I wouldn't be surprised if God of War make an appearance this year. I think so. you're right. Dave? Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. God of War was my um, my game of the generation, my, my personal favorite. Um, and yeah, I think, I think you kind of hit it on the head there, Brandon, when you said they've got the sequel coming up. So what better way to sort of stimulate people's appetite for the sequel by making it as accessible as possible for everyone uh, before it's launched. So selfishly, I'd say last of us too, cause I haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if last of us too has the mass appeal, um, you know, from a, well, I guess God of War doesn't either from like a, I don't know. You, you want something like ratchet and clank for that. Cause you want like kids to be able to play it and all that stuff. And then the kids will go to their parents and say, buy me a PS five or it I wasn't the, wasn't the first ratchet available last it, year. That was one of the play at home games. It was. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it's yeah, pretty, no, it's pretty new. Yeah. I, I can't argue with uh, Brandon, but I would selfishly say last of us too. Yeah. I've got a very similar thought process here as far as what you guys laid out. And that is for Spider-Man. Ooh. I know they weren't a first party studio at the time Spider-Man came out, but Sony does own that IP or they own that the rights to that IP and to make Spider-Man uh, uh, available specifically hopefully the remastered or whatever the the newer version of the original spider-man um to be free for play at home would only help boost sales of miles morales first of all which you know that's probably going to be headed uh, for a price drop pretty soon if not already and of course you're you're looking forward to maybe a year or two from now maybe three years who knows uh having spider-man 2 coming out so that would be another one in the same vein of your thought process there. Yeah, no, I just think they have a lot of opportunity here. Yeah. And I think it was smart last year to put Horizon in there yeah. with the last year's idea of the roadmap of right. 2021. But that didn't pan out. And so I think they're really teeing themselves up depending on when the release schedule is. I said last year. Was that last year or this year that they did that, the play at home thing? Uh, 2020? Was it 2020 it was or 2021? Was it last year? Okay. 2020 yeah because okay. i think i think the free game was horizon in 2020 right and i had mentioned on the show at that point that it was cool because forbidden west right right you know the same idea we keep churning around that they can keep you know reciprocating right. this fan base which i think is incredibly smart to draw people back into your brand sure um but spider-man applies the same way i mean they got something on the way and something else right so why not the first one right give it to the folks let them play now, the other thing about this article, and I don't think they specifically go into it. I can't remember. I read it a few days ago. But uh, just for us to talk about PC, our, you know, PC games, we, we heard from um, Sean Layden, who used to be the Jim Ryan, uh, but a better Jim Ryan, uh, as he before, <laughs> uh, <laughs> say that, um, you know, one of the things he wanted to do was once you had milked all the all the milk out of <laughs> out of a game um why not go ahead and port it over to pc it's fairly simple to do uh as far as you don't have to totally rebuild the game from the ground up uh so it's fairly simple to do it probably doesn't cost them as much and they get a whole new user base of people being able to play their games for the first time who maybe don't have a playstation or who are pc who have a pc preference or whatever uh, or people who are dumb enough like me to do it and and double dip on games. Uh, what's the next game that should come to PC? Brandon, we'll start with you this time. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Dave, we'll start with you this time. Um, next game to come to PC, I think, would need to be uh, Bloodborne. Oh, yeah, well, it is already on PC. It is already on PC. Okay, I had a feeling. It's just not in, it's in 30 frames still. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I can't think. I mean, obviously the Spider-Man thing is, makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the strategic move here is. Again, you could, you could go back to God of War because I mean, if you wet people's appetite with that on PC who haven't gone over to PlayStation yet and there's like, and they're like, this game is absolutely incredible. And then a couple months later, a sequel comes out, then what better way to get people to buy your consoles? So I think that, again, might be a really good strategic move if we're looking at the short-term release date of some of their first-party titles. Um, God of War was going to be mine, so yeah. I'll just cut in here with a, with a second option. Uh, 
uh, and that is Ghost Ghost Tsushima. Oh, Ghost on PC would be beautiful. It'd be, I mean, it's already beautiful, but it'd be like a good thing is what I'm getting at. Uh, for many of the same reasons Dave laid out, except for we don't know for sure. We haven't had the sequel announced yet. We know it's probably coming eventually, but that would definitely be my pick for the next game. You know, a, a next game to come to PC right. from PlayStation. So this is a little bit preemptive. Uh-huh. And I don't think this is a possibility, but what I would love to see. Um, and the only reason I say that it might be a possibility is because I feel like a game like Demon Souls is a little bit niche and has less of a broad appeal um, than some of the other games we've mentioned. So maybe it's reached a point where it would be best and more fruitful to be put on a PC platform at this point. But I think that Bluepoint did an amazing job and I feel like that should be shared with everybody, honestly. And I feel like PC players would eat that up. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I would love to see that. Yeah. Like I said, I do think it is a little early for that. Right. But... You never know, man. Yeah. I mean, all the other From games are on PC. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And and there there was just a lot of work put into that game. Right. And you could tell playing it um, that, you know, they were passionate about it. And I'd love to see people on BC be able to experience the game as well. Right. This next one, this and, and the last news story, unless you guys have anything to add, is the last one, or it is about... Um, Diablo 4. And this one's almost entirely for Brandon. Uh, Joe Shelley, Shelley is the new game director for Diablo 4. And this came via a post on Blizzard's website talking about uh, Diablo 4 and basically introducing... And it's kind of weird because like Joe, in, Joe wrote this, or at least uh, his name's attached to it. I'm sure it ran through some PR people too. But basically says it starts out i'm joe Sheely from the diablo 4 team as a design lead who has been working on this dark shared open world action role-playing game from the beginning i'm honored to continue the vision of diablo 4 as its new game director and i'm humbled to represent the team pouring their hearts into this game first of all i I already said this but i think it's strange that like it wasn't an announcement from the brass uh it was just like hey i'm the new guy uh i'm introducing myself as the boss now yeah um but brandon what do you do you know have you heard Joe's name? Do you know Joe? And if if we'll go ahead and answer that first. No, I was going to say I'm I'm actually not familiar. Okay, so so that's the news piece. But let's talk about the speculation piece. What is it you want to see from Diablo Four? Because you're a big Diablo Three fan. Yeah, uh, that's hard for me to say. Only having the majority of my experience in one of the games of right. Three. Um, I think that I think just to just to pause right there, I don't think that discounts your opinion because four is going to be a lot more like three than it is one or two. Which is which is to my point is I guess I just want to see more of things like three. I would love to see them. It's always had kind of a a certain look about it that's kind of looked old no matter what you put it on, and I'd love to see some better lighting i'd love to see some super high-res textures in quality animation no no de- <laughs> de- de- definitely not first person um but no i mean i think there's a lot to build upon the series i'd love for them to kind of return to their roots with some darker stories yeah and make it less cartoony like a lot of people criticize diablo 3 for being right um i'd love to see a beautiful mold of diablo 2 gameplay diablo 2 ideas the feels you get for diablo 2 but but melded into a more beautiful diablo 3 looking like world and in a diablo game you could just have some beautiful mold exactly general, exactly you know? exactly <laughs> dave, but no oh go ahead no no that was it okay dave do you have any experience with the diablo franchise i do i do and uh if you were to ask me the same question i think my biggest hope is that they just nail the launch um, yeah, they don't have to get yeah. it perfect, but just don't do any weird shit like last time. Um, you know, make it work, make it easy for people to play with others or play alone. Um, but yeah, they just they, they really gotta gotta nail the launch and and not do anything shady and weird like they did with the marketplace last time. Yeah, for Diablo three. So yeah, I agree. I, this is, and I've always been fascinated with the the game development cycle. And I will admit, I don't know a whole lot about it, especially on games of this scale, but is it kind of weird for uh, a game to have a new game director at this point in um, development? I guess we don't really know how far along they actually are, but does that seem 
odd to anybody else? Yeah, to me, it seems a little strange. We know that Diablo 4 has been plagued with a bunch of stuff. And also, we know that Blizzard has not gone unscathed recently with all the accusations yeah, and everything. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, with Activision. So I'm not accusing anyone of, of anything at all, but like, you know, maybe that's why we have some some change up in the management per se. Um, but yeah, I think I think it certainly warrants a little bit of a second look as far as like what what kind of position is this game in for them to be bringing in a new game director, presumably well into its development cycle for sure. Brandon, you have a little bit more insight into Blizzard stuff. What do you think? We talked about the Overwatch changeover recently. Yeah, I mean. It's so hard to tell because we only get a slight peek behind the veil. And I feel like they play most of the stuff pretty close to their chest. Um, I feel like we probably are kind of far out. I don't know. I mean, truthfully, it's hard to say because I kept thinking Overwatch was going to be out and it's still not out to this day. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think I will be more concerned. I would be more concerned if we had a release date or we were even anywhere close to what I felt like was too late. Um, it, I wouldn't say it's not concerning, but I would say that much like the change up in blizzards or I'm sorry, in Overwatch's lineup, it's just to be noted at this point. I don't think we have enough information and we haven't seen any wrongdoing uh, by this late edition or either one of them for that matter. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not too worried about it yet. And I think, to be truthful with you, Blizzard and Activision know that things are kind of hot right now. Right. So I'm thinking and hoping that they are uh, taking note of that and adjusting how they're putting these games out and when they're putting them out and the state in which they put them out accordingly. Right. Uh, because putting a game out in a broken state and already hot water will get you a cyberpunk situation. So <laughs> yes. um, Lord knows nobody needs that. I don't want to be talking about it for fucking months. So just right. put the game out. Like Dave said, let's make it good. Right. Let's make it uh, ready. So just delay it a million times if you have to. I don't care at this point. <laughs> just, sure. just delay it. Right. I think that's it for the news topics. Uh, let's get into what we've been playing quickly. For me, I'll just real briefly say I haven't played anything new or different since last week. So... Uh, you've got Sea of Thieves, of course. You've got uh, New World for me, which I talked a little bit about earlier, so I won't delve too far back into that. But uh, I do highly recommend it if you like grindy MMOs. And uh, also play the tad more of Deathloop. I really need to sink more time into that and actually finish it. I've not got as much time into that as I thought I was going to. And with all the game releases coming out pretty soon, uh, I really want to play that. Uh, Dave, you're up first. What have you been playing? Uh, so I have still been working through the ascent, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I will just, I tweeted about this and I don't normally tweet very much, but, uh, I cannot highly recommend this game or I cannot more highly rec recommend this game. It just has so many cool little moments where like, um, something will happen and then the music kicks in and it's just like, I die and I'm happy because I get to relive that moment again. And it's it's just pure fun. And I'm, I'm having such a good time with it. And it's on Game Pass. So if you've got Game Pass, you got no excuse. Um, the other thing I played this past week was uh, <clears throat> the Battlefield 2042 demo. Uh, beta, I should say. Um, I don't know if this counts as something. Are you sure it wasn't a demo? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I... Um, I I I'm I was playing on the Series S, so I was playing the next gen version on the weakest possible console I could have played it on. So I think that's kind of caveat for how it performed and how it works. Um, but I was watching a lot of people play on PC, and I was talking to some friends at work who were also playing on PC, and um, I get it's a beta, but we are not far away from launch now and i'm really concerned that uh we might be moving towards uh, another rocky battlefield launch um yeah. which is disappointing um it just there was so many like weird spawn issues uh flickering textures and lighting stuff animations that didn't work most of the vehicles i tried to actually pilot and get around in just didn't 
work at all. Like there was this weird screen shake glitch that just made it completely disorienting. Um, yeah. I, and again, I get it's a beta. Maybe what they released for the beta was an older build, but it's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, I didn't, I didn't leave the experience feeling very good about what was coming in the next, um, you know, for launch day. So yeah, that's, that's a shame, and that's something I've heard a lot of. Brandon, were you, you know, yeah, I was gonna say, I hate to hear that. Um, I actually missed out on the beta, unfortunately. Um, I didn't pre order the game, so I missed out on the first two days, which was fine, but then time just got away from me, yeah. So, yeah, I'm hopeful, but I agree with Dave. Like, if we're seeing, yeah, sure, betas are probably gonna be older builds, but like the amount of stuff just from like screenshots and stuff I saw that looked uh, not ideal from the beta uh, is not promising yeah i just wonder at what point will these companies realize a bad rep is worse than delaying a game well they already delayed it once you know do it again yeah do it a million fucking times right. I, I don't care yeah. just, just put it out right right um and i don't know why that seems to be a lost idea right um and i'm i'm hopeful because i'm i'm, I'm really soured on vanguard at this point and so i want this to shine and i've talked about it all year um i really want this to be the shooter this year i really do um and it's disappointing to me to hear that um i wish i would have got some hands-on experience with the ps5 hearing that um but i guess i guess we'll see because i think i think that'll be a day one so right I will have some in-depth uh, news to report on, I guess, then. Well, just briefly, you talk about souring people on an experience. Like, Cyberpunk for multiple years was one of my most anticipated games. And it came out, and it was a mess. And here I am, haven't played through the whole thing yet. I played, like, two or three hours. And I just picked it up for $10 from Best Buy for PS4, just so that when the PS5 version ever comes out, I'll have it on disc already. Yeah. And I can, like, just pop it in and download the update. So, like... Is this the best option? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like to I, these companies, there's like, no reason for me to have played it. And I played it via steam share on Dustin's account. So I didn't even buy it yeah. uh, initially. And it was because of all those issues or otherwise yeah. I would have had the collector's edition and everything else, you know, like yeah. it was my, it was the game I was going to, you know, spend my time in for a while. And that is going to discourage me from being, well, being excited about that game and them, you know, not that they're in any need of money, but they missed out on some money for me. And it's going to discourage me from jumping at their next game uh, as heavily. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dave, anything else or was that, did that wrap it up for you? Uh, it, no, the only other thing I jumped back into because of uh, how disappointed I was in battlefield was call of duty uh, cold war. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah, otherwise, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Brandon, you're up. You've, you've got a, oh, one dude. of the new hotness. Yes. On yes. Your list. Yes. Um, so I will say real quick, uh, have continued to play, Death Stranding. Oh, yes. yes, yes. I, I, it's a great game. Yeah. Check it out. The director's cut is really fun. Um, I'm actually eager to get back into that. I've taken a little bit of a break because I've been playing Far Cry 6. Right. Um, Ubisoft came out it with another edition. Um, some of my history with the Far Cry series is light touch on 4. Um, kind of got burnt out quickly with that one. And then extensive history with New Dawn and 5. And you played New Dawn and 5 before you played 4. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because I went back and um, it was difficult going right. back. It, yeah. It yeah. really was as sometimes it is. Right. Um, but no, absolutely loved 5 and New Dawn. I think they were both hand in hand an amazing experience. And playing 6 has left me with my head scratching. Um, left me scratching my head. That's what I meant <laughs> yeah, to say. Yeah, that works. With my head scratching, goddamn. Um, I'm enjoying it so far, but it's taken effort on my part to enjoy it. And a game that does that is never good. Um, it takes some of the things from the series that I thought I really liked about the game and just completely tosses them out the window. It makes some strange additions. I don't think this is really spoilery, but they completely removed the entire RPG RPG like skill tree mechanic and made it more like based upon your armor, kind of like Breath of the Wild does, um, where you have different sets, which is kind of weird, especially for the series. Um, I feel like they just focused on some of the things that didn't really matter as much. Um, there was massive backlash the, that 
you could no longer light a piece of grass and it burned down a whole fucking forest. Right. So, so that's back. Right. But then we took away <laughs> some other things. So like, I guess my overall vibe for the game is there's no one thing that has deterred me or kept me from having fun. And I have had fun. Yeah. But there is something slightly off about most of what I'm doing at all times while playing the game. Right. Um, partnered with, I would encourage you if you're interested at all about buying the game. If you think, if you like the Far Cry series, you're probably going to like this game. I don't want to, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea, but there's a lot of things wrong with it, in my opinion. Um, and some really glaring ones that completely change the way the game feels and performs. I would encourage anybody to watch Digital Foundry's video on Far Cry 6. It's very insightful. Um, the most heinous thing that I've experienced so far is a 60 frames per second game being fully rendered in 30 frames per second every single cutscene. Right. But the weird thing is, is some of the things in the scene are 60, but the people are not. It's so weird. <laughs> so the people, you were saying this earlier, the people are 30, like at 30 frames. Yeah, digital. And like a smoke, smoke from a cigar is at 60. Yeah, Digital Foundry touched on it. And I'm just like, that's why it feels so weird. Right. I mean, there were points when, you know, I like to start a lot of my games with my girlfriend. Because if she's going to be interested in it, I want her to catch it and check it out. Right. And... There were a couple times when a character was talking on screen and it was so jarring to me that the animation was in 30 frames a second that I didn't realize at all what the player was saying. I was just looking at their face because it was so, I don't know. And maybe I'm just being snobby about it, but I ought to bring it over here one week yeah. and just have you sit through a single cutscene, yeah, and you will see it instantly. Yeah, It looks like a PS4 game. Wow. Okay. The textures are good. The movement is just like weirdly robotic. I don't know. I just get some weird uncanny valleys well, every it, once in a while. It probably just, wouldn't be as bad if the entire game was in 30. It wouldn't feel as right, jarring. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I am confused most of the time. I think it's taken me probably eight to 10 hours to feel like I've really gotten into the groove of what the game wants me to do. Uh -huh. Um they've almost completely removed like the map clearing aspect, which was one of my favorite aspects of the game was to just take one side of the map, like Ghost of Tsushima. Just take one side and you just go up and you do it all. And now there's just persistent enemies throughout the whole world. They respond. You don't really clear bases. They're still there and people will show up. I don't know. It's just, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. In no answers right. as to why, once again, this was passed through a boardroom. Um, Digital Foundry pointed out that there's been a persistent issue with like, not not drop frames, but like something in engine. Because this is an engine that's incredibly, incredibly old at this right, point. They've right. done three or four games on it, yeah. which is fine. Because moment to moment, it looks in place fine. Right. But inevitably, I'll be playing it and something just... I don't know how to describe it, and I want somebody else to experience it at some point so we could talk about it, but there's just little things that I don't expect from a game from this size of a developer. And I just, right. plainly, I just don't think Ubisoft gives a fuck. Yeah. And I really, really am disappointed and have been with Ubisoft for years. And I would, I don't even know that I would venture to say I'm even a fan of Ubisoft anymore because I just don't understand their priorities. Yeah. And I've slowly felt myself move away from the brand and their IPs for right. that reason. So right. that being said, like I said, I'm having fun. Good. I actually am having fun, but I'm coming into it with the right expectation. Right. Um, you know, and I want my expectations to be met and I don't feel like they're unreasonable, especially with a couple of the things performance wise is just mind blowing to me. I know the I know the capability of the console is there. Yeah. And it's just frustrating when silly choices are made right. by these developers to kind of just take you out every other moment you're playing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just weird. So check it out if you like Far Cry. If not, probably sleep on it. I'm sure it'll be like 30 bucks Black Friday. So. Probably. Yeah. I told you I bought a used copy in a in a like a mom and pop game store in Rhode Island for $7 of Far Cry 4 a couple weeks ago. So I have to get to that before I get to five or six. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's probably a better game, actually. Yeah. To yeah. be honest with you, just save your money, play four. Yeah. You'll like it better. <laughs> all right, boys. I think that's all we got. Look at that. All right. Yeah, that's it. Look that's, at that. That's the that's the crescendo. That's right. At the end of the song, I suppose. That was art. Well, I just beautiful. Said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't forget about our Patreon if you want to go support us there for as little as a dollar a month. You can sign up. That's like 25 cents or less an episode, depending on how many weeks in a month there are. Uh, you can go support us over there at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. You can get ad-free early access to the show. You can get access to our Discord. At a $3 level, you can get access to HP After Dark a month early. New one of those dropping this week, as long as Dustin doesn't actually delete it again. Other than that, I think we're we're rolling on out of here. Yeah, man. All right. Keep on keeping on. Dave, thanks for hanging. Thanks for having me. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> See you next time. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash HandsomePhantom. Adaholic, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas.